Hey guys, this is KYT. Welcome to episode one of Crazy Talk, this new podcast that I'm doing and experimenting with. Uh, obviously, those of you who know who I am know I also do the A-Team podcast, which is a podcast that deal with general magic news and has a really strong focus on standard and whatever Smitty wants to be building or playing. Whereas this cast will, you know, still deal with a lot of other topics, but have a strong focus on legacy because I feel that there is no podcast that addresses legacy or, or have decent players that, that play that format. And we really want to be, maybe hopefully be the podcast, you know, players listen to before, you know, before going to bed when they're ready to go for their, uh, Star City Games Legacy Open. Now, besides me, we got Frankie, Richard, Alex Hain, and for our debut, we obviously needed a special guest, John Medina. So, starting with Frankie, uh, say hi to our listeners, Frank. <laughs> hi to our listener, Frank. <laughs> That's a good one, eh? <laughs> Nobody ever thought of that. <laughs> Alex, uh, greet our, greet our listeners. Hello, everybody. And obviously, John doesn't need any introduction, right? Yeah, but I can still greet the listeners, right? <laughs> Go ahead. What's up, crazy talk? <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, we're gonna, I'm gonna ask each of you what your experience in Legacy is, or, or when you started playing, or even touched uh, the format, if at all. Hopefully, we've all played it. Uh, we'll start with Alex. Alex, uh, what set did you start playing Magic, actually, period? Well, I started around Ravnica, um, a bit before Ravnica was released, actually. I'm, one of my friends through chess, actually, who in, introduced me to the game, and I got hooked instantly. And and you, you gave up chess after that, right? Well, oh, actually, no. I'd already given given up chess like competitively earlier. But all right, like, good man. <laughs> I just like playing casually. It was it's still it's still a fun game. <laughs> so when did you start? Because Legacy will be our first topic. When did you start playing? And uh, yeah, and do you play it competitively? Well, um, the locals. I, I mean, I haven't played any big legacy tournaments like Grand Prix or anything. But I play at the local store, Fasa Fas, pretty regularly, all their all their big tournaments. I do pretty well. I, I'd say I win my more than my fair share of them. Um, it's, it's, I've been playing legacy for a while. I mean, uh, I think probably the first legacy deck I played was like Merfolk when it started to be good. Okay. Frankie, uh, when did you get your start in Magic so that our listeners know where you're, what type well, of player you are? Well, me, I actually played like a long time ago, and uh, then I stopped for like 13 years and uh, got back into it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I used to play uh, around, like I started around, around Revised, and I actually had like most of the power except the, for the Black Lotus. And uh, but then they started making sets like Homelands, and <laughs> the internet happened, and Magic didn't seem like to be relevant at that time anymore. And then I quit, and I didn't even think about the game for those thirteen years. And then I I came back at the uh, Morning Tide. Wow! Some random friend uh, just uh, 
dialed me up on Facebook and he said, we're playing Seal, do you want to play? I said, why not? And I was hooked <laughs> again. And then you uh, proceeded to win uh, a PTQ. PT, yeah. uh, PTQ Austin, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was the, uh, it, it was right after, uh, M10 came out, and I, I won, uh, the local PTQ with, uh, White Weenie. I'm the local, uh, Paul Ritzel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would quite put it that way, Frankie. <laughs> well, I bet I'm as good-looking as him, at least. <laughs> uh, Frankie, do you dabble into Legacy at all? Yeah, a little bit. I, if not, why do we even have you on the show? But anyways. <laughs> Go ahead, Frank. I, I play I play the I play a little bit. I, I built a few decks and like I'm getting more into it. I'm acquiring the cards that I need and like I'm interested in the format obviously. Speaking of acquiring cards Bam <laughs> John Medina John Medina, everyone. John Medina, ladies and gentlemen. Oh man, I like to acquire cards. I like to, I like to um, ship cards more than I like to acquire them, though. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, right, you want to ship those cards and make some money. Right. Um, you don't want to be like flooded with non-liquid assets. <laughs> whatever that means. He knows a lot about that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, legacy. Um, I uh I started playing Magic. I've told this story before, so if the listeners out there, if all five of you who are listening have uh, <laughs> whoa 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 we're gonna we're gonna pimp this cast a lot more yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah. We have at least six or seven people, okay? <laughs> at least minimum. <laughs> yeah, just like Tezzeret's like eighty minimum, right? Okay. <laughs> oh man. So so yeah, I've told this story before, so I'll try to make it quick and. Uh, Bear with me if you've heard it before. So I started playing like uh, started playing actually Magic in Vermont. Um, I had just gotten married and uh, I needed something to keep me out of trouble. So uh, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna play a card game." I used to play Star Wars, the Decipher Ink game from uh, uh, from back in the day, and uh, I used to play that with my brothers. So I loved that game. So I said, "Hey, I'll probably." Um, because I was, at the time, I owned a graphic design business, and uh, Whoa. I was just, like, working like a dog, you know? So, like, <laughs> I was working my regular day job. I was uh, managing this graphic design business, this little startup company I was doing, and then I was, like, just working. I'm like, you know what? I need something to, like, take my mind off work, so keep me out of trouble. Uh, what what can I do? I'm like, oh, I'll play cards. First, I was trying to play poker, and uh, after some, like, you know, nights, like, overnights at the casino in California with my brother. My wife was like, uh, no poker. <laughs> so, so, since I used to play Decipher Inc., I was like, hey, I'm going to try this game, Lord of the Rings. So, I bought a couple of starter decks for Lord of the Rings, and I opened them up, and I'm just like, immediately, I start looking at the deck, and it was like, it was like what I would consider not complete, so I'm like, oh, I'm, I should get some booster packs, or like, yeah, whenever I do something, I have to just, like, throw myself in 100%. So I'm like, ah, these these decks are not good enough. I want options, you know? So, like, I go to the store, the card store, to get some booster packs, and there was no booster packs. So I was just like, well, damn, like, I can't play this game without booster packs. So I was like, man, they have a lot of magic booster packs here, and I always see them at Walmart, and I see them everywhere else, like gas stations and random places. So... 
Oh man, did something just happen to the cast? No. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. Sorry, sorry to get derailed. There. So, anyways, I was just but, like, yeah. But you guys have in the states, you have gas stations that sell magic cards. Yeah, I've seen my gas stations before. Here we have gas stations that sell gas. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, yes. That's just crazy. That's just crazy. That's crazy talk. Though, man. That's crazy talk, man. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Anyways, back to my story. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to play Magic because they have more booster packs. Okay? So, like, obviously, the store owner, being, like, the guy who cares the most about me, I was like, what should I buy? And he's like, oh, you should buy these 8th edition packs because they have all the stuff you're going to need. But, like, 10th edition was out, right? So he was just telling me to buy the 8th edition packs just so that I could, like, buy up his stock of 8th edition packs so that he can, like, keep his 10th edition pack in stock for people who knew. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, anyways. Oh, I don't understand. What, why would a store owner, like, want to sell packs that he weren't, wasn't going to sell otherwise? Yeah, I know. Why would he want to do that? <laughs> Bastard. Anyways, so, so, yeah, so I started playing Magic make a long story short, and in the store, this was in Vermont, okay, so there's, like, very little little things going I mean, you guys know about that in Canada, right? There's not a lot of civilization and, you know, this kind of stuff, right, KYT? Yeah, there's, like, there's five igloos around my igloo, okay? <laughs> so, so uh, wait, before we keep going, or before I keep going, are you guys Canadian? Yes, all, all three of us. And, uh... Oh, man, all three of you guys are Canadian. Well, technically, I'm Quebecois. <laughs> oh, man. So um, so yeah, I started playing Magic, but at this store that I was playing, they they played Legacy. So they played Legacy one week, extended another week, Standard the third week, and if there was a fourth week in the month, they played Legacy again. Oh. So it's like if I didn't have a Legacy deck, then I was a chump, you know. So, uh, so I built Mono Red Burn, and that's how, I mean, I started playing Ma- Legacy when I started playing Magic, essentially, because if I wanted to go to the tournament at the store, and I never want to, because I throw myself into things, like, 100%, I didn't want to miss any tournament. So, like, I was just, like, I built a Legacy, an Extended, and a Standard deck. And, I mean, granted, these decks were not, like, uh, these were not, like, uh, you know, like, net decks. These were, like... You know, whatever was whatever I had that was legal, I built like I built mono red for pretty much all the formats until I was able to build my my blue green threshold deck. That uh, the the blue green threshold deck was some I think it won it won a tournament I don't know when I first started playing Magic so like four or five years ago or whatever. And uh, I just seen it on the internet and I said you know what I'm gonna build that deck because it won the tournament. I didn't I didn't even know like about like variants and like you know, just like good matchups and bad matchups, and the fact that a deck could win a tournament but not be the best deck, you know, I just automatically thought that because this deck won the tournament, it was the best deck. So, so yeah, it sounds funny now, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh, so like I built a blue green threshold deck, and uh, and that was like my intro to legacy. That was my intro to like having to pay for dual lands and having to pay for force of wills and all that stuff. And that's how I got into trading, was basically because to actually get this deck, I had to trade hardcore because, like, 
I didn't have the, you know, I, I wasn't afforded the money for my wife <laughs> to, to pay for these things. Like, if she thought I was going to put $30 on a magic card, she would have flipped her lid, you know? <laughs> but nowadays it's funny because she, like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to buy some power, you know? And she just doesn't even bat an eyelash when I'm, like, dropping, like, three Gs on a collection or something. Like <laughs> but, like, at the time, 30 bucks on a piece of cardboard, I was like, what? <laughs> She she knows you're a baller now? Well, now she knows I can flip it. <laughs> then she didn't even think it was worth anything, you know, to to buy a piece of cardboard. Like, what was wrong with me? I, I think it's uh, interesting you, you talked about your, your story having legacy. I think, I, I, can't, I don't know if I can speak for all of us or most people, but I would imagine that most local stores, especially the small ones, have simple F&Ms, whether it be draft or type 2, and, and legacy isn't really... Um, present and, and the question uh, we sort of sort of hear is how assess- accessible is legacy you have many articles written about how you know take that money that you use to buy an expensive standard deck and buy a legacy deck and that legacy deck will keep its value over time but obviously no one no standard player really takes that advice and actually does that right because I think there has to be tournaments. At least that's how I got into Legacy, because of a recent invitational tournament where I was pretty much forced to get myself a Legacy deck. Well, I mean, I also think that there's a lot of... People think Legacy is a lot more expensive than it actually is. And it's easier for people to spend, let's say, like, you know, buy a Type 2 deck for $500 that will last them, you know, for... Like Three the next months. few couple months, yeah. <laughs> then like a legacy that deck, you know, that costs maybe twice as much, but it's like good forever, you know, and all like with four force oils and dual lands that, you know, can go into any deck or whatever. It's just people find it harder to do that, I think. I, I was intimidated by legacy because in my head at some point I always compared it to like vintage. I'm like, oh man, these these old formats, I'll never get into it. You know, there's all these old cards that I need to know. There's all the old cards that I need to buy. You know, I don't want to be part of that. So and and right now I could safely say that I'll never invest any much time in in vintage. But uh so but actually getting myself a legacy deck and knowing that it's not that expensive uh, was the one I got, which includes no dual lands, no force of wills. We're talking, of course, uh, of Affinity, which set me back roughly $150. You can get that deck, uh, especially if you don't have expensive cyborg cards like Four Thought Seizes, if you replace them with budget options like Duress or even Inquisition of Kozilek or, or whatnot and not play Chalice of the Voids, like those that could cost, you know, set you back $10, $12. You can safely get $150 because the artifact glands are, are peanuts and, and all the other affinity cards like Frogmite are, don't cost that much at all. Well, they're peanuts for a baller like KYT. <laughs> <laughs> well, for KYT, like, you know, Black Lotus, it's like, yeah, let me just see what I have in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think, like, you could definitely, there's budget options for Legacy. Um like uh goblins is is pretty budget you know i mean you you're going to you're going to want to buy wastelands and ports and probably badlands or like tigers if you're going to do the green splash or whatever but um i mean i i don't think i think the wrong way this is the wrong way to approach legacy 
it's saying there's budget options. You can buy a crappy deck for, you know, $150. You know what I mean? Not not to say that Affinity is a crappy deck, but... Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, not to say that it isn't either, but... Uh, <laughs> so, but what I'm trying to say is that to say that, okay, this is a budget option to Legacy, like, let's look at the budget options, I think that's the wrong approach. I think what you need to look at Legacy like is here's here's what you have to do. You have to invest in Legacy. Okay, your deck is going to be an investment. And these uh, these cards, because they're out of print and because they're in demand, will rise in, in value. So so the deck is an investment. Um, and so you should build whatever fits your play style. And whatever, take as long as you need to build it. But go trade aggressively for those cards. Drop a little pocket change on whatever you need. And, and just build that deck because you could take your time. It's, it's okay if it takes three months because the deck is not going to be out of legacy in three months. You know what I mean? Like, so, so as, as long as you get, as long as you get the cards you need, you can, uh, you can use those cards in legacy for years, years to come. The, the, the difference with standard is that if you, if you buy your standard deck at 500 bucks, like uh, Alex said, is that, after it rotates out of standard, you're not gonna get 500 for it. But if you pay a uh, thousand for a legacy deck, if you after three months you sell it at the store, you're gonna get 500 back at least. Yeah, you're gonna if you just sell on the open market because there's so many people looking for things like Golands, Force of Wills, like anything that you're gonna put the money into, you're gonna get it back out. You know what I mean, like. Um, and, and yeah, if you go to a dealer, you're gonna get less. But if you just sell it to the open market, to friends, or like put it on, on uh, you know, Facebook, or put it on, you know, MOTL or eBay, like any of these places, you're gonna get the money back out. Uh, John, I'm gonna have to uh, reply to you and say I totally agree with you. Like, if we take constructed, I mean type 2 rather, I'm not going to tell a guy, look, there's budget options, buy, you know, one of those event decks that uh, are currently selling that you could probably do well with in a casual competitive tournament, uh, the Kaldafa Reddish uh, event deck, and yeah. yeah, that's definitely the wrong way to look at it, because I would never recommend someone to to basically focus and build a budget version of a deck to bring to a tournament, so Definitely agree with you there. Yeah, it's like telling someone, oh, instead of uh, instead of getting big J's, just use little J's. <laughs> it, yeah. it, 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 it so many funny. people think like that, though. It, it so sounds funny, people. but he was like, yeah, instead of bots use, it's just get Inquisitions. It's like, <laughs> well, Inquisition is not going to pick a force wheel out of someone's hand. It's also not going to pick, like, like this, you know, like, you need the bots use because you need to get either the creature that they're going to, like, the Tarmogoyf out of their hand, or the force of will, like you need to be able to have that option. You know right. what I mean? Like Inquisition isn't gonna isn't gonna do the work there. You know? Yeah. Alex, you were gonna say? Well, that like that people really do that like for budget versions. I mean, I think once you realize that you're gonna get into competitive magic, like and actually want to play competitively, you have to be willing to either invest like the the money involved in the deck or the time in acquiring enough friends to lend you cards. Um, yeah definitely Um, I mean that's my method Uh, I I rely on friends who have much larger card collections than my own yeah (laughs) and I mean and me and Alex were talking about this off 
offline about the affordability of legacy and uh, and just like in in general, like the price of legacy cards is rising. So um, Alex's point was that you know that's going to drive people away from legacy, but I think that you know it doesn't matter. The prices don't matter. It's clear. Okay, people are spending a hundred dollar in fees. You know, like if people want to play Magic, they're going to pay whatever they're going to pay to play it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's clear that that's not going to stop people from playing Magic. So, like, what you need to do to stay sane is, is I think Frank makes a good point, is borrow cards. You know what I mean? Like, I, I borrowed, like, it's kind of, it sounds funny, but I borrowed two Tundras. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, whoa. Look at whoa. you. <laughs> you borrowing cards here. It just sounds weird. I, I don't know. Uh, I definitely, I, you know, I usually don't borrow cards. John, usually, nobody's going to believe this cast. We just lost all credibility. All credibility. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy talk. It's crazy. <laughs> John, John, you borrowing cards, that's pretty crazy talk. <laughs> it is crazy talk. That's what I'm here for, man. <laughs> so, so yeah, I borrowed a couple Tundras uh, from a friend of mine. Thanks, Bernie. Uh, <laughs> because uh, somebody wanted to buy a, um, a Counterbound stack for me. Okay, so I shipped them a whole counterbalance deck. So that required me to ship them my Tundras, you know, because that's what he wanted for his counterbalance deck. Um, so having the friends to, to loan me the cards I needed was great because when I went to go, that didn't, shipping the counterbalance deck didn't interrupt my ability to play in the Star City Games Open, you know, because I just was like, hey, dude, do you have Tundras? And he's like, yeah, do you have... Uh, you know, these old fetch lands, I'm like, yeah, here's some old fetch lands, I'll borrow Tundras. You know, it's kind of like, when we're preparing for a legacy tournament, a lot of that is happening in, you know, in the hotel room beforehand, or like on the way up in the car, people are like, hey dude, I need, you know, I need a Tarmogoy, if I need three Dark Confidants, I need, you know, just all these things, and everyone is just opening their collection to each other, to try to get each other's back, so that we don't have to spend the immediate, uh, you know, the immediate cost for the cards. Now, if we do well in the tournament and we like the deck, then maybe they'll go and buy the confidants, or you know, they'll go and you know invest in the in the duels. You know, right? Like when I started playing Magic competitively, I would definitely fall prey to the fact of playing like subpar cards because of affordability and availability. Like, I would play decks, you know, that and I said, oh, I only have let's say, three Tarmogoyfs, so I'd, instead of the other Tarmogoyf, I'd play, uh, you know, let's say a Scab Clan Mall or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, but, but you know, now I got, I eventually reached the point where, you know, you just have enough people in the community that you, you're always going to have an accurate deck. Like, you, you should not worry about the cards in that way, just ask around, and people are generally going to lend you cards. <laughs> yeah, we get as long as it's not all one-sided. I mean, you have to give, you know, give back to the community as well. Say they live you lend you two tundras, right, and you lend them for dark confident. No way, dude. Not, not happening. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I, people people borrow cards from me all the time, and like one of the most annoying things for them is when they borrow cards. I mean, for most people. It's like, I only have them in foil. So it's like, hey, do you have three dark confidence? I'm like, yeah, only in foil, though. And then it's like, yeah, like, those are going to be the only foils in my deck. <laughs> um, I was going to say, 
if you were to ask me, like, KYT, do you have any tundras? I, I know I'd ask you, are you in debt, John? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. But I know it's all about taking the full step to competitive play, because we do have Twitter, even our uh, famous Twitterer, Norbert88, will always ask for budget options for Jace or Gideon, or is it okay if my blue-white deck doesn't have this particular Planeswalker? Um I guess it's a matter of how how far you want to get into magic. I mean, definitely, I have no problem spending um, a million a million on on a legacy <laughs> deck. I just haven't uh, really found the one that's for me because Affinity's arguably um, the easiest or one of the easiest decks to play. That's why it's actually one of the other reasons I I chose to play this deck. And and in standard, obviously, I haven't cheapened it out or, or Play baby Jace over big Jace. Uh, Frankie, any any last thoughts uh, before we uh, move on? Is no. He... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is he dead? So no, I'm I'm still here. Well, so me, was... me I, I I I started a little bit uh, budget when in Legacy because I, I built uh, Dragon Stompy because I didn't <laughs> I didn't have duels, but like slowly, like you you have to start like where you're comfortable. Right, right. I definitely, definitely agree with that. I mean, I think you shouldn't play like a, an expense, a cheaper version of a more expensive deck, but you should still play like a viable deck that's just cheaper. You know, like Dragon Stompy's a good, a relatively good point point to start, or Affinity like KYT. You know. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that if you gotta you gotta do what's affordable, and you know whatever's in your means, you should get what fits your playstyle. You know, to play with. Um, but but at the same time, like you you shouldn't be you shouldn't be okay with always running uh, whatever script clan mauler instead of a tarmogoyce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like when I when I first started, before I had all tarmogoyce, I was using um, uh, Quirion Dryad in the threshold deck because like before tarmogoyce, Quirion Dryad was in the threshold deck, from what I understand, because like you were always casting like days or like you know, these other blue spells brainstorm and stuff, so you would grow it, and then you would just uh, beat people with the big old querying dryads. So, like, before I could get my Tarmogoyce, I was running those. But it wasn't like, I'm going to run these just because Tarmogoyce is expensive. I was just like, I'm going to run these until I get Tarmogoyce, because I need, I need Tarmogoyce, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, well, it lets you try out the deck, you know? Like, it, it won't run as good, but, like, it, it'll let you see the other interactions in the deck. Yeah, definitely. So this uh, this past weekend, we obviously had a Star City Games uh, DC. Uh, me and Alex also had a local Legacy tournament. So in future episodes, we're going to hopefully try to focus on one deck or a few decks that one of us is playing. And first of all, I would obviously want to talk about the deck I played since we've been talking about it. It's one of the cheaper options, one of the... Uh, Pat Chapin actually recommended the list that I played a month ago, calling it probably the easiest deck and probably the one that I should play as my first legacy deck. And my first question, obviously, to John is, is there anybody playing legacy, period, at Star City Games events? Anybody at all? 
You mean affinity, right? Affinity. What did I say? Legacy. <laughs> legacy. Anybody <laughs> playing legacy at all? I'm like, well, they just broke the record for the big, biggest <laughs> legacy tournament. <laughs> How many people did they have? Uh, I think it was uh, close, pretty close, or maybe a little bit over 300 for Legacy. Wow, that's sick. I, I could I could totally be misrepresenting that, but I know the standard one was just about 700. Wow. And, uh, yeah, they broke records on both days, on Legacy and on Standard. What was the very first Star City Games event that you were at? Was it a while ago, or...? The very first one that I ever went at? That yeah, I is there a big difference between the numbers of players that were there and now? I remember the first Legacy tournament that I played at Star City Games was, um, I want to say, like, uh, what, uh, 100 and something people, maybe? 120 or something like that? Um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't really that, that big. I mean, you can definitely tell Legacy is just growing. You can tell by the prices of cards. Um, but yeah, I mean, so was anyone playing Affinity in uh, at the Star City Games? I didn't see anybody playing Affinity. Uh, actually, I did see a couple people. There was a girl playing Affinity, uh, <laughs> and uh, she Whoa, was playing. That was sexist, both you guys. That little chuckle. <laughs> no, I chuckled because Kyt chuckled. I didn't. I didn't chuckle because yours was fine, but Kyt's was yeah. bad. Bad yeah, Kyt. <laughs> I think we got to edit that out so that we don't, we don't we're, so we're not doomed by controversy. <laughs> we can expect that from KYT because he's Asian, but it's a little sexism and racism seem like part. Yeah, you, you know, in their culture, you know, the, you know the, <laughs> oh man, this gets so bad. So, anyways, I seen a I seen a girl playing um playing Affinity. Uh, against my my buddy Mark's son. My buddy Mark's son, he plays a lot of Legacy, and uh, he actually traveled up with us to the Star City Games event just to play Legacy. He well, didn't even play in Standard. He played the Legacy Challenge on Saturday, and then he played Legacy on Sunday. And um, I seen him. It was funny. He was uh, he's playing against a girl, and all the way on the car ride up, he was telling me, "Man, Nullrod, Nullrod is is such tech." Do you guys know what Nullrod does? Yes, but maybe we should. Some of our listeners I'll, might not. Yeah, I'll read it. Just wait. I want to know if KYT knows what it is. Nope. <laughs> I know it's like anti. Uh, I know it's anti affinity. I just forget. I love that you're reading affinity and you don't know what no wrong does. I think the bas- basically what it says is target affinity player scoops their cards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> check this out. No rod is a two drop artifact. And it says, players cannot play any artifact abilities requiring an activation cost. Okay? So, what that means is, if you have a land that happens to be an artifact, (laughs) and you want to tap that land to activate it and produce mana, you can't do that. (laughs) If you want to um, sacrifice something to Arcbound Ravager... You can't do that. <laughs> if you want to tap a, you know, a, any kind of artifact. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> get cranial plating online. Yeah, if you want to attach a cranial plating, if you want to uh, tap a spring leaf drum, if you want anything you want to do with artifacts, you can't do. So, anyways, my buddy well, you was can still attack with artifact creatures, but. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can dish mad the Memnite beats. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can swing with your four mana. Uh, two twos and <laughs> zero mana one ones all day long. 
until they drop a time away. <laughs> so, so anyway, your Nexus can still tap for mana, so you yeah. can play like one drop stuff. Yeah, definitely. And then you can do nothing with the one drop stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so why did why did Mark Sun play Nullrat? For what uh, specific matchup did he? Uh, oh, for see? for well, he plays it for Affinity. Oh, yeah, but so, no one plays Affinity, so. So well, he. We'll get into this. We're gonna get. Okay. Into, we're gonna get into some tech right now because I know. Okay. <laughs> I know you're not wise to the tech, so we'll get there. Okay, so he's playing Nullrod because he's afraid of a certain Affinity build. And, oh. Uh, and I'll ship you the list right now in the chat so you can uh, kind of just get a little picture. Um. So so I see him like I'm across the table from him playing against my opponent, and he's playing against his opponent, and. uh I see him like he just drops null rod, right? And and I'm just I look over, I'm like, man, I just shake my head like, man, that's really mean, you know? And, and he's like, what? Well, I had to. I'm like, dude, you beating up a, beating up on a girl like that? That's not right, man. <laughs> and he's just like he's just shaking his head like I had to. That's why I signed it in. And so yeah, so she read it and then she just pretty much scooped up her cards. I think all she had on the board was like uh, maybe a. Maybe a Memnite and something else, but it definitely wasn't gonna get there, you know. So, uh, so yeah, the, uh, the, the deck that he was afraid of was this, uh, was this deck by, uh, Caleb. Okay. Uh, uh it's down at the bottom of the article here on channelfireball.com. Uh, I don't want to say his name wrong. Can you, can you try, what is it, Durward? <laughs> I think Durward is probably yeah, a good guess. Caleb Durward. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he made this affinity deck that looks sick. I almost ran this deck because it just looks sick. But then my my buddy Mark was like, no rod, no rod, no rod. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to run that deck. Um, <laughs> so so it has four Memnites, uh, four Frogmites. Zero ornithop or three ornithopters. <laughs> Zero ornithop- <laughs> I, I was looking at the casting cost. <laughs> So three three ornithopters, four signal pests. Now, dude, do not be fooled. Signal pest is the sickest in Affinity. Now, probably like a lot of real legacy players. I'm not a real legacy player. Um, you know, I play legacy, but a lot of these guys are like super, like they've been playing for years and they know what's up. So they're probably going to be like Jamadine is an idiot. I don't care. Okay, signal pest seems really sick in Affinity, and I actually got beat down with one because I had no way to block it. Because, like, in Legacy, you don't really have flyers or creatures with reach. So right. they just put the cranial plating on it, and they just kill you. Wait, you know, you just shattered my beliefs about Legacy. I thought everybody was playing giant spider main deck. No, no, they don't. They don't. It's a giant. <laughs> and it's a spider. So so then it's got a, it's got two Arcbound Ravagers. That's what makes this deck list a little bit different, because usually Affinities run four Arcbound Ravagers. Um, but instead of four Arcbound Ravagers, they're running four Etch Champion, uh, three Dark Confidants, uh, two Revoker, uh, Phyrexian Revoker, uh, three Mox Opal, four Thought Cast, four Cranial Plating, three Springleaf Drum, and three Tezzeret. And then a Thopter Foundry. Two so, of them. Yeah, two, yeah. two Thopter Foundry. And then Artifact Lands. And, uh, underground seas, a couple underground seas, and then, um, you know, they got a side, typical sideboard with Termod's Crypt, Mindbreak Trap, Pithy Needle, uh, Cabal Therapy, which is not typical for an affinity list, and then, uh, Parish. Uh, 
So, so yeah, this list looks really like like it has a little bit more teeth and a little bit more like long like long long game, you know? Right, right. Um, I, I've I've actually been playing also a similar uh, legacy list, and uh, yeah, uh, Signal Pest is really good in that deck. It it acts as a an ornithopter, which like you like to put the plating on, and uh, it's it's also kind of like a an anthem, you know, boosting your other guys and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely it seemed really good when I was playing against it. I died to it one time. <laughs> <laughs> this was not this this was not last weekend. It was the weekend before. Uh, really, I don't know the reason why I don't know about Nolrod. And all these other hate cards is because in the local meta game nobody plays affinity hate cards. And after I won win the tournament or make top eight, like I haven't seen a single hate card <laughs> for affinity. And if it's not even played at Star City Games, that's why it surprises me, and and, and that's why I don't know not not that I don't know about these cards, but I'm not too familiar with what they do. And, like, I know Kataki's really sick, but no one plays that, right? <laughs> I, I actually had it played against me, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I scooped pretty quickly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I yeah, once I mean, played an Energy Flux against Affinity in Legacy. <laughs> way back when, when after Gabriel Nassif won the Grand Prix, and I was playing his, his list with one end... Uh, one energy flux and one uh, enlightened tutor in the board. Oh, I nice. played against my yeah. friend who was playing affinity, and uh, he thought sees me like turn two or something. And I played enlightened tutor in response, and he just scooped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Weinberg was talking about running an energy flux. Uh, ben Weinberg is the guy who run who won the legacy tournament um, last not not this weekend in uh, in DC, but the one in, in Indianapolis. Uh, he won with a counterbalance deck, and I travel a lot with Weinberg because he lives near me. Okay. So uh, he was talking about running an energy flux against um, against Affinity, and him and Mark were going at it back and forth about. He was like energy flux, and Mark was like no, no rod, you know. And then <laughs> and then uh, and then Weinberg was like, uh, I want to use my Sensei's divining top because I'm running counterbalance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Mark was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I think actually something maybe good to discuss for our listeners who are pretty new to Legacy or haven't played at all is or, what the or, basic or, archetypes or, are. Or our guests, who, or, or, or our hosts. <laughs> our hosts. <laughs> who have played so, so I don't know, how would you define the archetypes? Well, I mean, there's, the great thing about Legacy is that you can play almost anything, like any deck that was good in the history of the game is viable to an extent because there's just so many different decks uh, I mean there definitely are some decks that are more popular than others I think one of the one of the big branches of, of the decks is vile decks that play aether vile mm-hmm. uh, and use it basically to gain huge man advantage with creatures that are generally over costed but have a lot of synergy with each other for instance goblins and merfolk yeah, but they're not overcosted, right? Well, they are a little bit. I mean, individually, right? But um, when, you, when you get them in in droves, then they're they're very powerful. Like, 
I mean, it depends on what you consider over over cost it. Like, I mean, uh, like a merfolk lord, like Lord of Atlantis, is two mana, and he gives all your dudes island walk and, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, but I mean, he's compare him to Tarmogoy for something, right? Uh, he's, well, that, that's a bad comparison because there's no creature that like weighs up the Tarmogoy, you know? Right. But the, <laughs> there's uh, there's steplings. <laughs> <laughs> He is a good man. He does work. <laughs> I love that card. I, I in an extended tournament, uh, I played Zoo for pretty much the only time I've like ever played an aggro deck at a PTQ, and uh, made the top eight with it. Even though I drew infinite lands, just because of step links, that card's sick. Oh man, I as a control player, I hate to see the step links on the other side <laughs> of the table, like on turn one. But yeah, um, it always it always makes me cringe. Yeah, <laughs> you just know you're taking four, right? And then you're taking oh man, again. and then you're taking another four. My buddy, uh, my buddy Mark beat me in a Star City Games tournament with Step Links. Um, it was an, in Indy. I was running that uh, Counterbalance Natural Order deck, and uh, I was like, turn one top. He's like, turn one Step Links. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh man. And then I'm like, turn. To counterbalance, and he's like, for ya. <laughs> and then I'm just like, spin the top, and he's like, for ya. And I'm like, come on, I'm looking for swords. And I just die to like, step links. <laughs> and then, well, like, the, the only deck that really plays step links, right, is Zoo. Is Zoo, and against yeah. them, if they, if they like, the worst is when they have a step links in play, like, they draw a land, and you're like, damn it, I, he drew a land. <laughs> he draws like a lightning bolt, you're like, damn it, he drew a lightning bolt. Like whatever you know, it's lose lose for you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The second uh, the second game was just brutal. He was uh, he goes uh, step links, and then I said okay, and uh, then he goes um, turn two green sun zenith for Nactyl, and I'm like okay, so he's got a step link and a Nactyl, and on turn three, I play a um, I play a Kazali Pride Mage, and I'm like, well, I gotta get a blocker down, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, bolt your pride mage, step links, step links. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And like, next turn he hit me for like a million, I don't know. It was so bad. He was like sweating bullets. He's like, man, I hate this matchup. Because like the counterbalance matchup, like true counterbalance, like they have like fire spout and like other stuff. But the natural order, all you have is swords, like, you know, you can't really uh, interact. But anyways, yeah, I think we should talk about our natural yeah. order counterbalance deck. Yeah, we should talk about the archetypes. I, I'm I'm down with that. So, so we natural order counterbalance is one of the ar- archetypes, but I think we should put that on hold yeah, and we get should back finish to the, the vile decks first. Vile decks, yeah. Well, like there's really three main vile decks. I think if I don't know if you agree with me, but merfolk goblins and green white variants are really yeah. the vile decks you tend to see. Yeah, I would call them white X because I mean I guess the original deck was called Death and Taxes. And it was white, you know. And then now they start adding, like, green, so you got junk and taxes. Pretty much now that you have Stoneforge Mystic, like, it's just, like, you know, they add all kinds of other colors to white. Like, there's the blue-white version, too, which is, like, uh, Jotun Grunts and, like, Fathom Seers and, you know. Yeah. That version hasn't seen that much play lately, at least. Yeah. I haven't seen it much. Yeah. And but, yeah, Stoneforge Mystic and uh, Aether Vial are a pretty potent combination. Because if you can resolve a vial, right, then you can basically stick in on a stone forge and then stick in an equipment with stone forge and then go nuts. 
Yeah, definitely. I think swords in Type 2 are insane, like, try playing with Umazawa's Jitte. <laughs> <laughs> or Sword of Fire or and Ice. Fire and Ice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Affectionately yeah. known as Sophie. Sophie. <laughs> so, so yeah, I guess the Wild X, for, for the people who don't know, I would agree that there's there's three variants. There's the White X variant, which uh, typically uses Stoneforge Mystic and, um, and just... Other combinations, the green splash uses like Tarmogoyfs, uh, you know, the white and black splash, um, you know, they run Vindicate and some other stuff. And, um, you know, the white and blue uses Fathom Seer and Force of Will. Um, and then, and then you have like the, the mainstream decks, which is like Merfolk and Goblins. And, uh, and the main, I guess the main reason to have Ether Vial is because you can get creatures in play without getting them countered. So, well, plus you gain so much mana, right? If you're, say, you're violing a three or four converted mana cost creature, the vial's like better than a soul ring. Yeah, I mean, in, uh, I, I think, like, the top of the curve for vial is probably three in those decks. I well, mean, I don't know. I've, I've, vial goes up to four in goblins a lot, I think. In goblins, yeah. Get Merfolk goes up to three at most, yeah. Yeah. So and then and then the white variants it's usually one or two is where it's at, is where the where the vials at. So like, I mean not that any of that any of that is not really that important. I mean there is a mana advantage that you gain, um, but your dudes are like they're so un, they're, I don't want to say undercosted but they're so cheap to cast <laughs> that it's just like you have you know you have two drop merfolks and one drop. So after turn three, like yeah you could just be I mean, so many times with the vile decks, they're not even tapping their mana um, in yeah. general, ever. Like, they're just viling dudes in. And, I mean, sometimes every now and then they'll just, like, because both their vile are tapped, they might cast a creature or something, you know? Or level so, up their Coral Hell com- him Commander or something. <laughs> so, that yeah. gets leveled yeah. a lot. He gets leveled to, what does he get, level two Six? No, no, four is the most. He, he gets full full at level four. Yeah, level four. Though, I mean, you could level him to level six. There's nothing stopping <laughs> you, but... <laughs> you definitely want to do that, too. <laughs> I think haven't printed any cards that remove level counters. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they would definitely see play in Legacy when they do. Those, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those damn coral That's crazy talk. Yeah, that's crazy talk. <laughs> well, I guess, like, you could have a Vile at two counters and, like, a, a Core Home Commander at four counters and they play Aether Snap and then all your counters are gone. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, or you could... Heck. Or Hex, Hex Mage, man. <laughs> so, like, they swing with their Coral Helm and you're like, oh, Hex Mage just counters and block them with my Tarmogoyf. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Tarmogoyf's hungry. He wants some fish. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so I guess the beyond the vile decks, there would be um, there's definitely the counterbalance variants. Um, oh wait, just still with the vile decks, like both Merfolk and Goblins. I mean, the other thing they get advantage with the vile is that they don't have they don't have to use their mana to cast threats, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and so they get to use like cards like Merfolk uses Days and Wasteland, and Goblins uses Wasteland and Rishnan Port. And so they use their mana to deny their opponent's mana, which is a very important part of their game plan, I think. Which is just totally... I'm going to keep this PG-13. Effing <laughs> annoying. <laughs> 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 
It's it's not the worst. I hate it because I'm I'm playing I'm playing this natural order counter balance deck, and I hate to see this. They're just like wasteland vile, and it's like okay. So immediately, if I don't have a fetch land, my first land is just going to get wasted. <laughs> yeah. And, and then like it's even worse if they're like okay second turn uh, wasteland. You know, it's just like yeah. Okay, I'm not going to cast spells for the next three turns. You know. <laughs> Right, they keep developing their board, whereas you're still stuck at turn one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So after Vile decks? So, so yeah, I'll, Medina, I'll let you uh, go for Counterbalance. So yeah, there's uh for Counterbalance decks, there's uh it's really it's really a wide range. I mean, you can play any amount of colors with this. I mean, there's right now the the one that Ben Weinberg's running. I think is a. Uh, I'm actually just not going to speak out of turn. I'm just going to actually pull it up. <laughs> Hold on a second here. Go to my trusty website, StarCityGames.com. <laughs> you were plugging Channel Fireball <laughs> for the affinity. Hey, I didn't <laughs> plug anything. Now relax now. <laughs> I said where there was an affinity list that was unique. <laughs> so. So the deck that he's running, uh, he's running like a rug counterbalance, and uh, basically the counterbalance decks now they have counterbalance, they have four sensei's dividing top, and that's that's kind of what they use to uh, lock the game out, so to speak. I mean, there's a lot of one and two drop and um, three drops in Legacy, uh, and, and everything is is really. Uh, not everything, but most things. I mean, if you're talking about robot deck, you know, the 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 regular mana cost of that is like six. But but most things <laughs> in Legacy, you know, most uh, most spells that see player, you're, there's going to be a lot of one drops, a lot of two drops, and um, a smattering of three drops. So the, that's why this deck is so powerful. Is they they can use the sensitive divine top to in response to a spell, look at the top three cards in their library, and then reveal from counterbalance the appropriately costed man, uh, mana costed card and counter whatever whatever the person's playing. So their game plan is to stick a counterbalance on top and uh, and then to deal with whatever threats are on the board and then lock the game down and win with I mean their win conditions um, are in this deck it's Jason Tarmogoyf. Uh, in some decks it's just is Jason Trinket Mage? <laughs> so I mean, some you know, some decks, some play Enlightened you know, Tutor, right? Yeah, some play Enlightened Tutor for the uh, the Sword of the Meek uh, Thopter Foundry combo, right. and uh, and those versions will play like Moat and other toolboxy like uh, enchantments and stuff like O Ring or something, so that they can uh, take out a Jace or lock the board down or... You know, or play one Null Rod on their sideboard. <laughs> or play a Null Rod, <laughs> which is bad for their top, but, you know, they want to... It's bad do. for their softer sword combo, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so the Counterbalance decks are like that. Um, the one that I was playing is Natural Order Counterbalance, which is not uh, really a control deck. It's uh, it's more of a combo deck, so it uses the uh, counterbalance to buy time and to uh, protect the combo. And the combo is you use um, natural order with uh, with one of your green guys, and you go get a progenitus. 
So, and then you just kill them with progenitors. But most of the time, you actually just kill them with Tarmogoyf. And uh, so, I mean, you, you, you're able to lock the board down with the counterbalance on top, and you have swords and, like, force of wills, uh, swords to plowshare, which is a one-mana white removal spell. I kind of feel weird, like, saying that, but I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody who's listening to Legacy Cast doesn't know what the is. <laughs> so. It's one of the staple removal spells in, in Legacy, because it kills any creature regardless of its size for one mana, which is very efficient, of course. Yeah, so... And a lot so of counterbalance decks splash just for that card, right? Oh, yeah, definitely, because the card is, is sick in Legacy, so, um, so yeah, that's the, uh, I'm missing a lot, but I mean... I think I think we should just give kind of an overview of each archetype and like you know if you really if you really want to get into legacy and you don't and you're listening to this cast and you're like oh that sounds kind of fun you're gonna to have to do some reading like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of variants of these decks and uh, I'm not gonna give you all of it because first of all I don't know and second of all uh, it sounds like a pain in the ass to convey <laughs> all that information to you. <laughs> But one John, of the things with a counterbalance deck is you have to have a reasonable distribution of cards of different converted mana costs so that you can reveal them for counterbalance. And yeah, like I think... Use your top often just by itself, like, for card selection to dig you for cards you need. Yeah, and the one the one drops, I mean, are not... I mean, they're important because they're, they're good cards that you play, like the Brainstorms and the... And right. the swords. But I mean, when you have the top in play, you can always put the top on top of your library and draw a card. And then you can flip the top to counterbalance to counter a spell. So, so you don't necessarily need the one drop. Usually what you want to do, if you're playing against someone with green, or someone with like, uh, Vendillion Click or something, um, you usually want to just float a, a, a three drop on top. Because what will happen is you'll get the, the, the counterbalance will get corrosive gripped, and you can't respond with top to look at the top. So typically what you do is you just float a three drop up there, and, um, and then when they go to grip, it still triggers the counterbalance trigger, because you can't respond to it, but the trigger still triggers, so you can reveal, and if there's a three drop, you still counter the, the corrosive grip. Right. So I mean, there's, there's intricacies like that about, um, Counterbalance. Man, Medea, you keep shattering my perceptions of you. It's like you're this, all this legacy knowledge, and I just think you're some. Knowledgeless fool that just trades cards. <laughs> I'm, I'm really like, I'm not even going to claim, because if I claim to be good at legacy, there's going to be people who just tear me apart. I'm not going to claim to be good at legacy. I understand the format. And I don't even play it well. Um, when I was playing against this one, I was playing against this one guy in, uh, what was it, uh, DC. And I was already, I had already one loss in the, in the tournament, one, one match loss. So like, I was just itching for my second loss, right? And I was just kind of like, man, once I get the second loss, I can go trade. So I'm playing against this guy and, um, his girlfriend's like right there, giving like a little back rub while he's playing or whatever. And so, he seemed like really competent, you know, as a player. And he's playing stuff, and I have a counterbalance down, and I keep forgetting to reveal from the counterbalance, you know, which is just terrible. Like, you don't want to do that ever. So I just keep forgetting, like, 
I don't forget, like, completely. Like, he'll play it, I'll be like, give him a thumbs up, like, yeah, that's good. And then I'm thinking in my head, oh, crap, I should have revealed from the camera bounce. So this guy is just, like, looking at me like I'm just this donk, right? He's just like, oh, man, when can I get down to this so, like, I can go buy my girlfriend a ham sandwich or whatever, you know? <laughs> and um, it turns out, like, I was just like, well, I'm playing like crap because I'm not revealing from my counterbalance. So I'm just going to go balls to the wall and just drop, just start dropping threats. You know what I mean? Just be like, because usually you want to play around things. Like, you want to hold on to the Tarmogoyf and, like, strategically you know, bait his counterspell with your, you know, in the counterbalance, like, near, like, he was playing strict counterbalance, so, like, my game plan, it's kind of, like, goes back to that Flores article, who's the beatdown, you know, you have to decide in the, in the matchup, who is the beatdown and who's the control deck, so, like, for me, like, I have dudes, so I'm the beatdown, <laughs> you know I mean? I'm not going to try to sit there and out-control him, he has, like, removal spells and, like, Jace and all this other stuff, so he's going to win, if I sit there and try to control, right? But you also right. you also got to be kind of smart about it, and I was not being smart. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just going to run this Tarmogoyf out and see what happens. So, like, I started playing like that. He got the first game with, like, a Jace lock and, like, counterbalance and, like, you know, total, like, control player's dream. Second game, uh, he stuck a turn two counterbalance, and uh, at the end of turn, I... Was it turn two? It was like a turn three counterbalance, because at the end of turn, I brainstormed, and he had his top down, so I wanted to make him stick the one drop on top, and I think he was tapped out or something, so he goes to stick the one drop on top so that he could counter my brainstorm. You know what I mean? Right. But I just did that so I can put the Tarmogoyf on the board. So like, <laughs> then I untapped, and I'm like, oh, Tarmogoyf, check it out. And then after that, I just started running threats out. I'm just like, okay, War Monk, more Tarmogoyf. <laughs> It's just, like, he couldn't deal with any of it because, like, his counterbalance was not feeding him love and, like, he had no force of will and he had no removal spells. So that's how I just I just played that match out like that, just uh, dropping willy-nilly, you know, creatures. And uh, and I'm sure he still thinks I'm a donk that just got lucky, which probably I am. But Yeah, um, I, I would probably agree with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what I'm trying to say is I am I am not a really good legacy player, but I understand... The foreman, I understand the uh, like the, intri- <laughs> the intricacies of why you would do what you would do. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we do hope uh, our listeners know that we'll probably be learning more about legacy as we go, as the episodes go, and and we're definitely not experts of the format or claim to be in any shape or form. You got to watch out because the legacy, the legacy crew, the people who play legacy, they're very protective of the format. They they feel like it's their baby. They, it's kind of like a personal thing to them, you know. Definitely because, correct. Yeah, because they play it so long and they have this all this like time and energy and money invested. And then when you have like a chump like me just talking about it, you know, it's just like who is this guy? He doesn't know what the <laughs> hell he's talking about. Like, like Weinberg is, is one of those people. He's very good at legacy. I mean, he's very good. Like he knows what's up. I mean, he won the tournament like in in, in Indy, you know. So, like, when someone else is talking about it, like, when Joe and Big Head Joe were commenting on the matches, he was like, uh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay, relax, Ben. Not everyone can be, like, a legacy pro like you, you know? <laughs> Speaking of, wow, that's great, Seg, to, to me to call this guy. Speaking Ooh, ben of... Ben Weinberg? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Big Head Joe, how's it going, Big Head Joe? 
<laughs> I think I think he's dying. Maybe we should call him back oh, later. Man. <laughs> Who's calling? <laughs> this is KYT on his uh, new podcast, Crazy Talk. <laughs> Do you know how late it is? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's 1140 at night. I, I gotta get my rest. I have to get up early in the morning to water the flowers. <laughs> that guy fits right in, huh? <laughs> but stop calling this number. I'll have you arrested and I'll have you castrated. Hey, if you gotta water flowers, then why are you on Skype? <laughs> oh. I'm pretty sure human castration is illegal. In yeah. Canada, at least. <laughs> it's definitely not fun. Oh, I know all the rules. I don't ever like to have fun. Yeah, I hope you burn in hell, you son of a bitch. Whoa, whoa. whoa there goes the PG rating. Yeah, and that's crazy talk. Yeah. Dude, I think we're going to we're gonna have to bleep that out. We're definitely... You're going to have to... You're gonna have to put me down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to. Like so a wild up? animal. Welcome, welcome to the cast, Big Head Joe. What is up, ladies and gents? <laughs> I was, I was, about, I was just talking about how uh, we were getting some commentary on your commentary of the legacy portion of the Starcy Games Open. Yeah, I didn't blow it that bad, right? I don't know, Ben Weinberg. Play what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Weinberg wasn't wasn't too uh, too impressed. With the, I don't with care the, what Ben Weidenberg thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think you did. No, I, I really don't. I I think the amount of people who care what Ben Weinberg thinks on this cast is is zero. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> hey, haters want to hate, man. That's all I got to say. Haters want to hate, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't care. So how do you feel, how do you feel about Legacy? Like, do you um? Uh, I just sold some cards to Card Kingdom for store credit so I can get Wastelands. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant get wasted. <laughs> no. He's, like, he's like that too. <laughs> no, no, that would have been if I had got cash, but I got store credit. I don't know. I was impressed with your store for a second. <laughs> My store doesn't sell alcoholic beverages. <laughs> yeah, well, your store's not cool, I guess. <laughs> so what deck? What deck do you want to play, Big Head Joe? I okay, Big, don't Big Head, know. Oh, you don't know. But Big Head Joe, we were talking about vile decks, counter top decks, and I was talking to Joe earlier this week about uh, the deck that Alex took to to win uh, the tournament, the Legacy Tournament over the weekend. It was a high tide time spiral deck where on turn three he pretty much goes off and takes 20 minutes on his turn to eventually kill his opponent. And Joe said he just loves that type of deck. I right, love that deck. <laughs> I love that deck. I, I've i been killing people with brain freeze for as long as they printed that card, man. Like, it's way more fun to kill people with a blue sun zenith, though. Like well, you, draw, yeah. you draw like 30 cards, and they're like slumped in their chair. And then you keep adding mana to your mana pool, and then you're like, you'll draw 58 cards. Yo, and they're bro. like, what? You know what we call that? We call that masturbation. Yeah. Yeah. If you do it too much, you'll go blind. Those, those decks are masturbatory decks where you sit there and, you know, play with yourself. Well, 
<laughs> your opponent is waiting for you to do something. Well, actually, they're watching your mana and your storm count very carefully. Just yeah, of course. Like, like hoping that you're going to screw up or like draw seven lands off your time spiral. Yeah, that would be awesome. They're like praying to whatever gods they believe in. You know, if they could, they'd <laughs> sacrifice a goat. <laughs> John, John, what do you what do you think about these decks? Like, I I find them. They actually, I guess they annoy certain people that they exist in Legacy, but obviously Big Head Joe loves these types Look, of decks. Look, I'm going to have some hairy knuckles playing Legacy, man, <laughs> because I hope, they, I hope they print Time Spiral in, bla- in Braille, because I want to spank it. <laughs> if you play that deck, remember to bring some Vaseline. <laughs> For your opponent. <laughs> there was a guy walking around with a pillow. Uh... <laughs> I was like, is he playing the high tide deck? I can't, I said something about it at some point in the broadcast. I can't remember, like, the deck he was playing, but I was like, did oh, he get man. that? I think he was playing ad nauseum tendrils. I, I was like, did he just get that for his opponent? <laughs> ad nauseum yeah. tendrils at least is kind enough to, like, kill you quickly, you know? Or, yeah. or kill themselves quickly, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, you know, whereas high tide, it's, you know, you take you take twenty minutes on your turn and and finally like they they die you know but they're just like waiting there hoping hoping that they're not going to die. But but does it fizz sometimes? Oh yeah, sometimes everything, it does. Sometimes everything everything 20... fails sometimes. Man, that, then you look like a fucking idiot, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, it happened to me once. I spent like twenty minutes adding mana, drawing cards, preordaining, and time spiraling, and like eventually just had, it fizzled because my opponent had two yep. mind break traps. For he, like spent, it's else. he spent 20 minutes masturbating he couldn't go off. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. <laughs> and that's that all right. Satisfaction. Yeah. My roommate whiffed on a lead to Stampede tonight when we were playing cards, so. <laughs> wow. Man, I've whiffed on those two. Yeah. <laughs> but in the finals of the tournament, like game three, I was I played a time spiral and I was you know I had a whole bunch of mana in my pool and I was just like hoping, and I drew my first three cards. It was Fetchland, Fetchland, Force of Will. I was like, okay, come on, next cards. And it's like Island, Fetchland, Force of Will. And I already have eight lands in play that produce mana, so I've got. And I'm like, come on, last card, and it's preordained. I'm like, yes, and I play it and draw into Ponder and Ponder. And the third card down is Merchant Scroll, and I'm like, yes, got you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everybody watching is like holding their breath. I think think everyone listening just stopped listening now. They're just like, you know, friggin' preordain into Ponder, into Merchant Scroll, and then they're all gone. They're just like, we know how this ends up. We don't want to hear about it. It ended up with my opponent drawing 50 cards. <laughs> oh, man. Fantastic. But, but uh, how do you get so much mana at the end of it? Well, because you keep, like, basically... High, drawing high, high tides. Exactly. Oh, yeah, multiple high tides. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had one game where I'd cast eight high tides that turn. Like, that's which is pretty dumb, as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Cloud of Fairies gains you 18 mana. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I am... Um, what I think about the decks is, like, I mean, the Time Spiral deck is just, like, this is way out there for me, man. <laughs> like, 
people playing Thoughtseize or like Force of Will or even Mind Break Trap, like you said, like Mind Break Trap doesn't work against Tendrils decks. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because because what Tendrils decks yeah, sure, what Tendrils decks will do is they'll just direct you. Right. Before yeah. they play their, their But I mean their the Time Spiral Time Spiral decks have Force of Will for their and Pact Negations and Counterspells and stuff for uh for your mind break trap and so on. I yeah, mean, the real the, problem is that you're making them draw seven cards each time spiral, and you're allowing them to draw into more and more hate. Yeah, well, they draw their force of wheels and their stifles and their, you know what I mean. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's not as it's not as uh, solid as like the the ad nauseum because ad nauseum they doesn't they don't give their opponent anything, and then they just duress and thought seize their hand away, and then they just kill them. Or, or like, or like the the different colors like uh, certain certain uh, variants run like Burning Wish, and that the ones that run Burning Wish will just chant you. Like, and then when you get Orbs chanted or like Silence, then it's like okay. <laughs> or, or like, or they run the the little insect, the um, Xanthid Swarm. Xanthid Swarm. So so once once that I think those are like. That's more effective, and I mean, obviously the mono blue deck can't do that. I mean, the best thing they can do is, like, Vendillion Click or whatever. Um, but, like, uh, go ahead. Well, the list I was playing was actually Karsten Cotters from uh, Star City Games. He, he wrote an article where he, he put a, a list up, and it looked fun, so I decided to play it. And he's playing, like, it basically it's sort of uh, combo control is, is the plan for the deck, uh-huh. where, like... You, you basically take a control role against other slow decks, and you're against, like, you know, say you're playing in Zoo, then you can go off really quickly because you're a combo deck. But huh. in other matchups, you just wait, like, infinite time, and as the, go- the game goes longer and longer, like, your chances of winning increase more and more. Yeah, if it came from StarCityGames.com, it had to be, <laughs> had to be awesome. <laughs> well, like, the one bound determined in the sideboard, that's a split card, the relevant part being the determined one, which is an instant for a blue and a green that uh, your opponents can't... You can't counter your spells for the rest of the turn and you draw a card. Mm-hmm. Like, if you you get, you get enough time to set that up with Merchant Scroll and, you know, all your cantrips. So you sculpt the perfect hand, you play that and, like, fight over that. And then after all your time spirals and stuff, they can't counter your spells anymore. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. I mean, the only tra- the only card that really was annoying for me was Mind Break Trap because that one, like, you can't stop that from from happening, and it's only really an issue if you like get crappy post spiral hands and they have like a lot of Mind Break Traps. I mean, once against a Goblins player, I I, I spiraled and then was ready to go off, and he had he had double Mind Break Trap for, and I only had two relevant cards, but and no counters because I'd drawn five lands off my spiral. Well, that's what happens when you make your opponent draw exactly. seven cards, dude. Yeah. Well, I actually went off again two turns later, and that time I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, those decks are obviously they they can win, you know. I mean, I would if I were to play any of those decks, it would be like an ad nauseum tendrils. I played that before um, Mystical Tutor was banned. So, yeah. um, so I liked like, a lot more before Mystical Tutor was banned because you had more yeah. resiliency. Oh yeah, that deck was just insane before Mystical Tutor was banned. It was just like, okay, uh, I have a Mystical Tutor in my hand, go. End of turn, Mystical Tutor for Ad Nauseum. Okay, <laughs> yeah. 
draw ad nauseum, <laughs> drop it on the board. <laughs> like, most of the time you could, like, duress them and then ad nauseum, which is just yeah. the stone nuts. Like, I don't know. So, so, yeah, that was really, when Mystical Tutor was around, that was really, um, really good, that deck. Yeah, so that's could, still really good, I think. Like, I yeah. think it's underrated by a lot of people. But yeah, I, I, I lost. It's, it's just a bit slower now. Yeah, I think it's like half a turn to a turn slower, and it, but also I think more is that it lost its resiliency. Like it's not as good against hate because before you could play like one answer card in your deck for for you know like two different hate cards or whatever. Yeah, and whatever the, hate card they play, you play mystical tutor, you answer it, and then you go off. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now you have to play multiple chain of vapors or whatever in your deck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's. You know, it's not as good. I, I mean, our, our relax. Have you guys heard of that guy? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, we playing talked to him for a little bit. Yeah, he's he beat me in uh, on Sunday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a we did a feature match, and I knew he was playing Storm because I seen him playing it in Indy, right? And that's that's the deck he's on right now. So he was playing Storm, and I had counterbalance, right? So I'm just like, oh, this is gonna be easy. <laughs> I, I just take a counterbalance and you know, and then I win. Of course, I killed all the suspense for everyone listening because I already told you you beat me. But um, so like we we sit down at our table to play, and he's like, "Oh, we might as well not even shuffle because I'm sure this is going to be a feature match, you know." And I'm thinking, well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> You're not, you know? <laughs> Stranger things have happened, you know. You're like, so, who knows? Who knows about Airy Lax? But you know. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I'd be like, "What's your name?" Again? No. <laughs> no, I was thinking. Honestly, I was thinking like, "Why? Well, Who would want to see me play in a future match?" It's like, I, you know, nobody cares about Medina. So, so I was just like, so it was a future match, and I already called it a fake future match because we didn't have our, um, we didn't have the we were not. So like game one, uh, we go back and forth, and I'm digging for a counterbalance with my top, like for turn upon turn. And Ari kept going, "Am I dead? Am I dead?" After every turn, I'm like, "No, you're not dead. Go." You know. And then, <laughs> you know, he would draw some cards, sculpt his hand, and then be like, "Go." And then I'd be like, "Come on, counterbalance!" Like looking for the counterbalance, never found it. He killed me. So then uh, next game, he doomsdayed. That's his plan against uh, Counterbalance, his Doomsday. And um, he Doomsday, but I had a uh, click, of Vendillion click. So I played it, and I clicked myself, because I didn't want him to draw into his combo one turn earlier. I don't know if it was right to click him and make him draw an extra card at some point in his combo so that he um, would lose, because... I think he doesn't have any extra turns with the combo. I'll explain the combo in a second. Uh, anyways, I beat him with the Vanillion Click. And in the third game, he turned to Doomsday me. And he, yeah, it would suck because he was like, yeah, Duress you or something. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's like, uh, you know, Ritual Doomsday. And I'm just like, ah, oh, crap. I think I lose. So what he does is he goes and gets five cards from his Doomsday. Doomsday says uh, get five cards, exile your library, lose half your life, and then uh, you know, you have a five card library, go, you know? So, on his turn, yeah, it's cost three black mana. So on his turn, he draws his first card from his Doomsday pile, and it's a Shelldock Isle. Okay? 
So then he goes and puts an amicle under the Sheldock Isle. And then, ah. yeah, because of the Sheldock Isle, he has less than 20 cards because of Doomsday. And then what he does is he untaps the Sheldock Isle and he unleashes the beast. He takes an <laughs> extra turn, draws a card, he takes an extra turn, and then he annihilates me and hits me, draws a card, he has one card left, and then uh, he draws for his turn and then hits me again. Kills me. You understand? Like, that's the, that's the idea. Okay? But, um, you can interrupt that by stifling the comes into play trigger on the Sheldock. So that doesn't allow him to stick the, the, um, Emrakul under it. You know, or you can just wasteland it. And then, you know, he loses. <laughs> right, but he doesn't bring in the Doomsday combo against decks with Wasteland. No, no. He probably he brings it against Counterbalance, right? Counterbalance. Where they tend not to have ways to interact with it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he, um, he played, uh, he, he played that and he beat me, and, uh, and yeah. So, so yeah, so that's the, the combo deck, the, the, the Ad Nauseam deck is kind of, you know, adopting things like that to, to win with. Joe, uh, were you commenting on on this game? Uh, oh no, not Medina's game. I don't. Think, uh, no, we didn't get that one, right? No, it, was, uh, it wasn't live. I mean, after I destructed force my own uh, Titan off the board, I think they didn't want me near the cameras anymore. <laughs> 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 they were like, "Oh man, for Medina's own sake, let's just not put him on camera." <laughs> well, we had the curse going so strong all weekend; it was terrible. Every single person we requested for a feature match lost. <laughs> I think everyone but one person lost. So it was, it was your actually, guys' fault. It was really <laughs> funny. I just kept saying, like, the curse continues. It's probably, it's, it might be in the coverage, me saying that. Um, I don't know. Uh, so, you want to know the deck I think I'm going to I'm gonna wind up building? Like, I, I keep mentioning, like, the high tide deck. I keep thinking about all kinds of different decks, but... The deck I'm probably going to wind up building is the Team America deck. Uh, America! Can I say it? Hell yeah! That's awful if you can't say it. Um, <laughs> so, referencing it. You can, you can say well. it. You, you can Freedom say it. isn't free. We're and just going to bleep like you and me. <laughs> and if we don't all chip in, we'll never pay that bill. <laughs> Yeah. Freedom cost a buck oh five. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I want to build this deck. I just, like, not because it won the event, like, I could care less. It runs him to Turok. Um, it runs all the cards I think I want to be playing right now. Wasteland, him to Turok, Stifle, Force of Will, Brainstorm. Um, Tomb Stalker's awesome, right? Yeah. So, Good, job, that, good luck counterbalancing that. <laughs> oh, I'm actually going to build that deck, too. Yeah, and besides, I have the most expensive card in the deck already. The two Jace the Mind Sculptors. Mind Sculptors? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to build that deck, but not for the same reasons Joe's going to build it. Because uh, I'm going to build it because I just got foil Japanese dazes. Uh, <laughs> and, what a baller. And so, like, I got those. Don't try this like, at home. <laughs> I got this, and on the way home from the event, I was, like, talking to Ben and Mark, and I'm like, 
hey, which deck has dazes? Because I'm going to build that one because I just got full of Japanese dazes. And they're like, the one that won the event. And I'm like, really? And they're like, which one won the event? Because I didn't care after, like, whatever, after I went to trade, you know? And they're like, oh, Team America. And I was like, America! <laughs> I'm like, I'm building that, dude. You're gonna, you're gonna play Team America with Japanese dates. <laughs> <laughs> That's the American way, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was good, Frank. Did you, dr- you drive a Toyota? Ugh. <laughs> 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 So, so is this Team America deck a new deck? Or? America! <laughs> yeah, no, it's been around for a while. Okay. At one point it was playing uh, Sinkholes. Yeah. Ah. The, the guy who uh, won the event is the guy who designed the deck, too. Oh. Well, there goes my chances to win anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> no worry, John. You're going you're gonna to be a winner just from like the trade tables after you O2 drop. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's uh, we we keep uh, we keep joking about that in the car. Like every time I go somewhere with like Ben or someone who does well, you know, they're always like, "Well, it doesn't matter. Medina still made more money than me." <laughs> uh, so, Joe, how how else how was your overall experience as uh, one of the SCG Live guys for the first time? It was it was ridiculously awesome. Did you get to see any of the stuff with the uh, Fabiano? I saw some of it. He but, uh... was hilarious. <laughs> he was he was seriously like the highlight of my weekend. Uh, <laughs> no offense to John. I see uh, how it is. Yeah, no, he was just he was ridiculously funny. Kid cracked me up. He's probably older than me. I don't know if I should call him kid, but he he cracked me up so bad. He was a really funny dude. Um, I noticed your facial hair is uh, growing. <laughs> oh, did you notice that? Well, he should keep his head how? big, right? <laughs> yeah. How, how did you notice that? I was saying it was covering, like, the coverage match. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neck beard for life. At the very beginning of the coverage, uh, when we first started, Joey's like, uh, I'm Joey Pasco, and I said, and I'm Neckbeard the Mighty. <laughs> Right when so, we started recording Saturday. Wow. So we were talking about... Uh, <laughs> so we were talking about legacy. Legacy, no. Um, I guess it's actually... Sorry we added you so late to the cast, Joe. Uh, we're we're going uh, gonna to end soon, but I do want you to talk about the whole... Uh, DQ thing and how how you guys had to basically keep quiet near the end because there was nobody there but you guys apparently or you were really close to the match so you had to talk really quietly and it sounded quite funny uh, watching at home. Yeah, well, right. um, as far as the uh, the game loss goes, no comment. Um, <laughs> I think that we said too much uh, on the <laughs> broadcast and we were probably better served to just keep quiet. Wait, what did you guys say? Um, not gonna repeat anything. It was it just was it was just kind of uncalled for. Like, um, so can I go back? I was, and watch? Okay, I'll just I'll just I think they're cutting that part out actually, um, of the video because well what happened was they lingered on the whole thing way too long. 
Like, okay. you know, they should have cut back to the booth rather than... Dude, you're talking in cryptic commands right now, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't yeah, see that's it. crazy talk. <laughs> that's crazy talk. But when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. And people who saw it will know what I'm talking about. Um, Did you see it, KYT? I, I didn't see it. I just, just saw, like, Big Head Joe and Joey Pasco and uh, who do they have? Uh, Alex Alex Bertoncini was there Appreciate. and I think uh, Ari Lax was there as well they were just going they were just laughing like crazy I, I, I just missed what happened before what happened, I, well, uh, what happened was um, a number of puns related to the game loss and um, using uh, the names of cards in Pazge's deck were used <laughs> okay <laughs> Like, 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 I think the only one I can remember, and I, like I said, I don't want to, like, make light of the whole situation because we should have handled it better. But, um, one of them was, um, I wish, uh, I bet he wishes he could replenish, uh, the time on the clock. <laughs> oh, man. That's um, pretty cool. You know, like. Okay, so you guys were kind of, like, just poking fun. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I didn't know. Like the. I. I, I didn't realize that uh, Pazgate was a controversial player. You know, I didn't realize that like he had a history, and okay. and, and and we would have been better served to like not uh, exacerbate the situation. Right. Right. So, okay. So like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to get you in trouble by, like, talking about things, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's your fellow Star City Games guy, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, just, that, that's about all, I mean, that's about all I'm going to say about it. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like, um, I, I, I think I let my emotions get the best of me. Um, because he really, like, slow rolled, uh, his quarterfinal opponent. Okay. Um, Mary, I can't remember her last name, um... Yeah, didn't she kill herself with her own lava mancer? Um, I'm I'm not sure. I I would have if I were her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like I was like I was gonna hang out with you guys. Remember, I was like, yeah, I know it ran so late though. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't feel bad because I fell asleep like way before, <laughs> like way before the the match was over. Like, wait, don't what, feel bad because you fell asleep. <laughs> Yeah, don't feel don't feel bad that you left me in the dust because uh, I fell asleep. No, what my buddies were watching the coverage from the hotel room. Yeah. Uh, you know Ben Weinberg and, and Mark Sun, and uh, I was like sitting on the bed like sorting all my spoils from the weekend. <laughs> right. And uh, and then I was like, man, I'm really tired, and then I just fell asleep. <laughs> and so like in the middle of like sleeping, I wake up and they're just like laughing, like Weinberg and. Uh, and Mark, and I'm like, what, dude? And they're like, dude, this chick killed herself for her own, uh, you know, her own, what was it, Grim Lava Mancer. And I'm like, what? And maybe this is a dream. I don't know. But <laughs> but then, so, so then I'm just like, I'm like, on accident or on purpose? Like, they're like, on purpose, because Posgay is not, like, killing her, you know? So she's just like, there's no way for her to win. He's got, like, rude halos on on stupid things that don't like aren't even in her deck, you know. He, yeah, he mind he 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 rune haloed mind slaver. Yeah, and it was just like no, he had like the win on board for like five minutes. She was totally tapped out. Like there was nothing she could have done. He could have just kept making angels and then swung in, and like, but he just sat there like diddling and diddling and diddling with himself, and it was just like, <laughs> dude, 
Like seriously. Masturbation. See? Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, just, just put her out of her misery already. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the poor girl sitting there like, I don't know what to do. Like, it was like her first top eight of like anything. You know what I mean? And ouch. Yeah, plus and, you just want to get out of there and eat or whatever. If you're going to lose, you're going to lose, you know. He just <laughs> straight slow rolled her and like, and, 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 I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. So, so, so it upsets you that that happened, and then when he got the game loss, it just kind of felt like like justice, justice. or like yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you made comments like celebrate, celebratory comments, and it yeah. probably was it probably wasn't right for you as a commentator, but as a as a fellow player or or whatever you you know. You act as a human being, it made sense. <laughs> no, I mean, like, honestly, I think that, like, the reaction and, like, the reason why we were just, like, there was just, just like, I don't know, we just let out all so much energy was because um, I think we were so sick of watching that deck. Like, we were so <laughs> done with that deck. And, like, it was over. We were just like, oh, my God, thank God this match is over so we can watch magic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I actually, yeah. like, at the, towards the end of game two of his quarterfinal match against Mary, I literally just got up and, like, walked over and got some pizza. <laughs> I did. I, just, I was just like, I'll be back when this is over. I can't sit here and watch this anymore. I just, like, got up and grabbed some pizza and ate it. Okay, just so the viewers at home know. Uh, there are no viewers. This is an pos- audio podcast, you dingus. Hey, I'm not a pro podcaster like you, okay? So I don't know all these things. <laughs> Do you, do, you, do you watch our podcast every week, John? Do you I do. The, the I do. Joey gives me a special feed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, um, yeah. Just so everyone who's listening, okay, knows, uh, Mike Posgay was playing uh, Enchantress, and so what that usually does is just makes a complicated, like locked down, like board state uh, that's just really. I mean, it could take a really long time to kill your opponent with, with the board state or with the, you know. With so, the so, my question is: Is it does it take a significantly longer than a high tide deck? Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> high tide deck? I don't know about that. No, 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 no. The the I, it doesn't take significantly longer if like someone's playing at a reasonable pace. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the well, fact is, like, the, the matches that way. we saw of that deck were all the same player most, I think, except for one. And, like, and so, you know, my impression of the deck is that it's the slowest deck to play. Well, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. If you play a mirror match, an enchantress mirror match, yeah. like, oh God. like we, you don't win, you don't, like, nobody wins game one. Like, we so... Had, um, we had the option to cut to an enchantress mirror match. <laughs> Um, like right before the top eight, like our our one our winning in for round nine was over pretty quick. Uh-huh. So like they were like, yeah, we could cut to this enchantress mirror. And we're like, no, let's take a break. <laughs> so like, yeah. So so typically, like what I was talking to Mark about, and I don't know this firsthand, but Mark plays a lot of legacy. He was like, yeah, for the enchantress mirror match, I just concede game one, and then I board in Helix Pinnacle. <laughs> nice. Like, like, Helix Pinnacle is, so just in case you don't know, it's the one-drop green enchantment with Shroud, and you pay one to put a counter on it. Is it one or two? You one. pay an, an amount of mana. I think it's X one mana. X, X. X to put X counters on it. Yeah, X to put X counters. So once you get to 100 counters, you win. 
So, like, that's his plan against Enchantress when he was playing Enchantress, was like, okay, I concede. I'm going to get my Helix Pinnacle. I'm going to put it on the board and win with Helix Pinnacle. Like, <laughs> that's how uh, that's how that bad is, it is. That is hot. <laughs> You're like, now I want to play Enchantress so I can play the mirror match and win with Helix Pinnacle. Are there enough Enchantress mirror matches that it's worth it to play a Helix Pinnacle on your side? It's one slot. I don't know. I mean, well, Enchantress has, like... I mean, it has pretty good game against a lot of decks, you know? Like... I guess. But, like, is it played? Because it's not... Here in Montreal, it's not played at all. Do, yeah. Don't even ask me about Enchantress, dude. I have no idea. <laughs> I just know I mean, that... I see one guy play it once, and I played, like, Reverend Silence against him, and, and he gained six life and lost, like, eight permanents. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not always good because they play Karmic Justice. So yeah. once they get that on the board, if you reverence silence him, or if you kill all his enchantments, then he nukes your board. Because yeah. uh, Karmic Justice says if if uh, a spell or ability uh, opponent controls but destroy one of your non-land permanents or non-creature permanents or something, then you get to destroy one of theirs. So yeah, it's not creature. Yeah, yeah, non-creature. It's like boom, 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 boom. So um, so yeah, I, I'm uh. I have no problem with pause game, just to let you guys know. Like, uh, I've loaned him cards before, and I've you know hung out with him, traveled. Who through. haven't you loaned cards to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I do gotta say, Jerry T. Oh man, that guy is super legit. Um, changing the subject here, um, I loaned him like Nettle Sentinels, okay, which are <laughs> which are like not worth anything, you know, and. Um, Right after he was done playing, he came up to me and uh, and uh, the guy, the other guys who loaned him cards and gave gave us the cards back immediately after he was done playing, which was really really cool, you know. Like I mean, they're nettle sentinels, you know. I didn't need them back really, but he made it a point to uh, to get back everything. He remembered exactly what he borrowed from me. He didn't need to uh, to like say, oh, what did I borrow from you? Like blah blah blah. He just like he knew exactly what he borrowed from me. He was taking cards out for other people. That he had borrowed, and uh, so yeah, it's really cool that he uh, returned this. Well, do you know what he was playing? Oh yeah, I know exactly what he was playing. There's not many decks that play Nettle Sentinels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was playing elves. Really? I, I thought it was a warrior aggro deck. <laughs> no, he he boarded into warrior aggro. <laughs> no, but you warlord Zacks, right? I'm not used to uh, Jerry T playing elves. The only person that plays elves is like Matt Nass. <laughs> yeah, he was playing elves and he was boarding into um, Buried Alive with Vengevines. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> but I wouldn't agree. I don't think like Matt Nass isn't the only person who plays elves. It's just that he like only plays elves. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> fair Matt enough. Nass, there's another guy I don't like to watch play. You don't like getting nasty? <laughs> I, I got nothing against him personally. I just don't like watching his matches. It's agonizing. Oh, man. So, you, so, you know who I like watching play? Uh, Drew Levin. Did yeah. you get to watch, did you get to watch I, I, any of his matches? I think we watched... We may have... I think we watched one. I don't remember exactly. Dude, that guy is cool as hell, man. Yeah, we hung out with him. He was a straight cool guy. Yeah. Or our listeners will like to know that I have him... Confirmed as a future guest on this podcast, so oh, cool. <laughs> someone who someone who actually knows what he's talking about, probably. <laughs> yeah, Drew yeah, definitely knows what he's talking about. He's the one. He's the one who's counterbalance deck I'm playing. Like, 
you know, his account, his, that was his counterbalance natural order build. Like, I've been playing, you know. It's, it's interesting, though, that he, based on the tweets I see, he's planning to play some uh, Mike Flores tech this weekend. I'm interesting to see what Mike came up with Legacy, because, once again, he claims to have <laughs> broken it. And, uh, Dude, Mike Flores doesn't come up with Legacy decks. <laughs> well, know, is anybody playing Pyromaster's Ascension in Legacy? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Flores is... Yes, Frankie? Yeah, Mike will be playing uh, Pyromancers, essentially, I think. <laughs> he wants to. In Legacy? Um, yeah. Well, Alex and I were playing, were watching him on MTGO a week ago, and he was playing Pyromancer Ascension in Legacy, but I don't know if he's uh, found some other idea, but it looks like... It's it's not a terrible idea in Legacy. I well, mean... it kind of is. Like, when we were watching, his opponent paid three mana and, like, played a crossing grip and then attacked with his creature... <laughs> and then two turns late, later, Mike Flores conceded. <laughs> uh, that's why you play Sun Titan. Hello. <laughs> okay, uh, with that, though, this has gone quite long for our first episode. We're going to have to wrap it up with some... So what the hell podcast am I on, anyway? Wait a second. Wait a second. First of all, you're on Crazy Talk. <laughs> Second of all, why is Man. KYT like the clock Nazi always? Always, always. He's I got always like, oh, let's wrap it up, guys. It's like, why would we wrap it up? Why would we do that? <laughs> we we can. There's such a thing as too much Medina, I guess. <laughs> well, one thing I'd like to mention before we we stop is that, like, if you look at the top 16 decks from the last Star City Open and uh, for Legacy. Is that you actually? There's 22 Green Sun Zeniths in the top 16, which seems to be the breakout besieged card for Legacy. Mm. Which yeah. one? Green Sun Zenith. Oh yeah, yeah. There were some decks running four ofs of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's there's like three decks that or or four decks that are running four copies in the top 16, and two decks with three copies. So it's definitely a card to look for. Yeah. Can I, okay. can I mention something real quick? Sure, Joe. Uh, I, I just want to. Uh, I just found the link. Um. <laughs> oh man, I feel like KYT's daddy. <laughs> I just found a link that took me to Star City Games uh, Facebook page, and they have sleeves now. Did you? See oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, those I saw are them. Six sleeves. Those are hilarious. So the white sleeves are. I tapped that. The blue sleeves say, don't daze me, bro. Yeah. The black <laughs> sleeves say, once you go black. The red <laughs> sleeves say, you're fired. And the green ones say, I heart fatties. <laughs> Those are real, apparently. And uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, apparently that's what you get for being in the Players Club or whatever, the free sleeves that are included. Oh, you um, get those ones? Yeah. Seems wow. pretty sick. <laughs> I would definitely side side with the don't daze me bro ones. Those that's I don't I just don't want to make any comments on the sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I yeah. Okay, it's time to clock not see this. <laughs> so I uh, Shoutouts to finish it off. Uh, Frankie, we'll start with you. Um, 
shout-outs to uh, Paul Ritzel for uh, <laughs> rocking white weenie. <laughs> um, Alex, you got uh, shout-outs to uh, local store owner Sal Rita, who runs Fasa Fast. Excellent store has always has great legacy tournaments, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> now, now you understand why my mind goes blank on shout-out time. John, anything you want to massively plug or? Or anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> anything I want to massively plug? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Easy now. Easy now. Well, I gotta keep this PG 13, so I think I So, uh, I wanna give a shout out to my boy, Frank Lepore. Uh, me and that homeboy are gonna start a podcast with, um. It's about damn time you started a podcast, John. You know what, I was just holding out to see if I could become part of TAPS or the A-Team, but you bastards would not, uh, you know, make it happen, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so me and, uh, me, Frank Lepore, and some other, um, mystery hosts <laughs> will, uh, will be bringing you a podcast, uh, not this week, but next week, hopefully, well, that's what we'll record, and then I have to edit it, so... So yeah, I'm gonna give a shout out to those guys, Frank Lepore and the two mystery guests, which you will find out in a couple weeks. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Crazy Talk for <laughs> having me on and uh, letting me just talk this whole episode up. Sorry guys, um, I, th- I, I am sorry. Like I think I think Andrew and Frank, like Andrew, sorry Alex, <laughs> just edit that out so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> Too much effort, man. Too much effort. Way too much effort. We have to edit the whole podcast out. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I think think Alex and Frank have a lot of cool things to say. They're funny guys. And uh, I'm going to be listening to this podcast uh, from episode one all the way to episode three when it stops. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the vote of confidence. Oh, man. All right. Shout out to Frank. Shout out to Alex. And shout out to KYT for starting a million podcasts. <laughs> oh, thanks. Big head, Joe. KYT is the franchise, man. <laughs> Joe? Yeah. Any shout outs to anybody? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take this opportunity to plug all kinds of stuff. So oh, no. I'm going to do it. I'm going there. Uh, dude, so, I'm trying to save your own home. For those of you, I didn't hear any of that because you all talked at once. I'm going to ignore it and just keep plugging away. So for those of you who don't know, I'm on a podcast called Yo MTG Taps. It's available every Friday on StarCityGames.com. I'm on MTG.com and MTGCast.com. We've got business cards and stickers that we'll send you for free if you send just your mailing address to YoMTGTaps at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to be in Memphis, Tennessee for the StarCityGames.com Open, doing Star City Games Live. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my homeboy, Potato Salad. What? <laughs> what? Nothing. I blacked out. Did I say anything weird? <laughs> I blacked out. Did I say anything weird? No, no. Nothing no. out of the ordinary. Oh, I don't know okay, what's ordinary good. for you. What? Oh, man. Sure, certainly fits in though with crazy talk. <laughs> is that what this is? Yeah. Can I do some crazy talk real quick? 
Yes. <laughs> okay, listen, are you ready? Okay, hold on. <laughs> oh, well, y'all know about goddamn chicken fries. Y'all gotta get your goddamn damn cell phone for now. That sounds like Nappy Roots. Man. <laughs> y'all won't talk, talk, talk about, man. Go get some chicken fries. Don't go down Burger King, man. Get some goddamn chick fries. Y'all say what I'll say about that? Y'all say what I'll say about that? Now, Basically, you like chicken fries. <laughs> I'm talking about getting that one. on go and get there, man. I'll go down on, down on Burger King. Get them. Oh, there you go. There, that's some, there, there. There's some crazy talk for the first crazy talk. Oh, that sounds like good advice. Basically, we should all go to Burger King and get some chicken fries. <laughs> that's exactly what I meant. Wow. <laughs> good for you, a translator. You guys really get me, you know? You guys really get me, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I think Joe's happy that like the A-Team, we actually have him on our, our first podcast of this uh, first episode. Uh, it took 26 to get me on the last one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but my shout-outs, shout-outs, John, always a pleasure to have you on any cast or to listen to you on any cast that you're on, and I look forward to... Uh, you, you'll be the main reason why I'll check in to your cast next week. And Joe, obviously a pleasure to have you on as well. Um, even though I despise people that love masturbation decks. <laughs> you know something? Okay, I, I thought you liked me. <laughs> can, I, can I just say that it's such a good feeling to know you're alive it's such a happy feeling you're growing inside and when i wake up ready to say i'm gonna make a snappy new day it's such a good feeling a very good feeling a feeling you know that i'll be back when the day is new and i'll have more ideas for you and you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will, too. Goodbye, neighbor. <laughs> goodbye, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> okay, goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the first episode. America! <laughs> <laughs> See you later, crazy guy.